Glenna Lang helps us learn from Scranton, as Jane Jacobs did. Glenna Lang tells us, a curious and observant girl named Jane Butzner was born and spent most of her formative years in the anthracite coal mining capital of the world, Scranton, Pennsylvania. In November 1934, at age 18, she made a beeline for New York City, began her career as a writer, met her life partner, and became the well-known Jane Jacobs, whose ideas would indelibly affect the world's thinking about cities. Her groundbreaking book, The Death and Life of Great American Cities, argued vividly and compellingly against the prevailing wisdom that cities had little value and were best renewed through wholesale obliteration of rundown areas and old neighborhoods. Meticulously, Jacobs analyzed the components of a city and what made cities flourish or decline. Death and Life has remained in print continuously since it first set out shockwaves in 1961. It has been translated into at least 30 languages. Today, we have absorbed into our thinking about cities the concepts she identified in her book. We recognize the ideas of mixed uses, density, walkability, and eyes on the street as fundamental to our once again thriving and desirable urban centers. To build her case, Jacobs famously described what she saw from her Greenwich Village windows as a sidewalk ballet, a round-the-clock procession of characters going about their daily lives. Although she threaded supporting examples throughout her book from other great American cities, critics dismissed her conclusions as relying too heavily on her observations of the unconventional New York City neighborhood. Jane never specifically cited Scranton in Death and Life, yet the seeds of her ideas about cities originated in her years during the 1920s and 1930s in her home city in northeastern Pennsylvania. Here, she witnessed and experienced the cohesion of the many types of diversity and the messy complexity of her city, and she learned the function and necessity of close-knit neighborhoods. In an era now vanishing from memory, in this medium-sized city, citizens regularly participated in neighborhood as well as citywide activities, fostering a strong sense of community, social responsibility, and civic pride. That from the introduction to Jane Jacobs' first city, Learning from Scranton, Pennsylvania, by Glenna Lang. Observe Scranton, Jane Jacobs' first city festival, a project of the Center for the Living City, which launched to great success in 2021, is returning this May 4th and 5th and will continue as a biennial event. Observe Scranton is a community festival celebrating Scranton through the eyes of Jane Jacobs its hometown iconic city activist on what would be her 107th birthday. Maria McDonald is executive director of the Center for the Living City, and we had a chance to speak with her by phone about Jane Jacobs and what's coming up on Jane Jacobs' birthday. Jane Jacobs was one of the most influential urban thinkers of a century. She is a native Scrantonian and grew up here until about the age of 20, and I often talk to my journalists like you, Erica, and tell them that she was a keen observer of her world. So she was a writer, she was a journalist, but she also had this amazing ability to understand cities and the complexity 
of neighborhoods and everything from economies to the inner workings of uh, personal relationships with the city. And she lived here in Scranton until, again, to the age of 21. Her first job was as a writer for the then Scranton Republic, which was the Scranton Times, and then found her way into New York City where she made a huge impact. She's best known for fighting with Robert Moses to save a really large part, almost all the Greenwich Village in New York City. At that time, most of Greenwich Village was slated for the wrecking ball, and Robert Moses was this large developer, and what his plans were were to run highways through that part of New York and knock down all the buildings and those beautiful neighborhoods and old buildings with families that have been there for, for you know generations and all that mixed-use, beautiful, as Jane calls it, messy complexity of a city, and it replaced it with you know, sterile, tall skyscrapers, tenement housing, and just stack people up in buildings. So Jane saw it was awful, and she fought with Robert Moses and and won to save a large part of Greenwich Village. So she's really credited for that. And during that time as a journalist, she wrote a really important book called The Death and Life of Great American Cities. In that book, it's like chapter by chapter. This is what I mean, how she saw so many things as, as a journalist. She took apart the different parts of a city, like the economies of a city and the politics of a city and the environmental issues of a city and sidewalks and streets and cars and people. And every chapter talks about what makes a city great. And that book is still for today, and we use it. We use that book for over 70 years. And and now we understand the value of these amazing neighborhoods and old buildings and, you know, wonky coffee tables, sidewalks and brick walls, the things that we love so much today. Jane was fighting to save, you know, really almost 100 years ago. And we love to say as a Scrantonian, we learned from another great city. She, she got her start here and it's what she saw growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania. And she understood what it meant to be communities and to have a great neighborhood to take care of each other and you could walk to school and, you know, walk to the grocery store and, and really how we all work together as a, as a complex, you know, network of people. So that's really Jane's legacy regarding her work. And she wrote so many books. And if you're interested more, just check out her foundation, which is the Center for the Living City, of which I am the executive director. And I'm very blessed to be that because for a lot of the time, Jane spent her life in New York City and also then she went on to Toronto. So so there's a a large following of Jane around the country and really the the globe. And uh, two years ago, when the director was ready to step aside, they reached out and said, hey, Scranton, you know, want a shot at bringing Jane home? And we stepped up and I'm also a professor at Marywood University School of Architecture, where we follow Jane Jacobs' work with our architecture students, teaching them about the ideals of her work and the underpinnings of of the importance of communities and, and the environment and the economy. So she has a large influence on us. So we made the pitch and the Center for the Living City is home back in Scranton where it all started. And don't we know that she didn't want that center to be named the Jane Jacobs Center, <laughs> right? You, you remember that. Yes, Erica, you're so right. She didn't want her name on anything. I'll tell you, it would be a whole lot easier as the director to be the Jane Jacobs Foundation uh, because it would have much easier name recognition, but that is not the case. She refused to allow that to happen. The name of her foundation is The Living City, and it's very much because a city is about life and living, and it's about the people. And it's never about just one person, and it's about all of the people collectively. 
who make up a city. So that and there lies the Center for the Living City. Yep, thank you for remembering that. Mm-hmm. She never forgot Scranton, did she? She certainly never forgot about Scranton. And it's, there's just this amazing letter we found that she wrote in 1983. It might be 82. And I'm saying that is because it was on New Year's Eve, which tells you that she was certainly feeling reflective. And she wrote it to the city of Scranton, um, the Office of Economic Development at the time. She was upset that a large part of Lackawanna Avenue is going to be slated for the wrecking ball. So very much the things that she stood for, you know, her whole life to try to save buildings and save communities from being, you know, destroyed was happening in her own city. So she wrote a letter on New Year's Eve to the city, and it was just a classic Jane Jacobs letter. It's just amazing. She took it apart, just introduced herself. I am, you know, Jane Jacobs, and I hate to see any destruction on the city. She made the case for why politically it was the wrong move. Socially, it would have impact. Economically, we're robbing from our small stores. A a large mall, a a shopping mall was being slated to go in there and how it was going to affect the economy. And so she she, she took it apart very carefully. And everything she said, by the way, came true regarding the economy and what it did to the city and to put small businesses out. And anyway, she ends the letter with saying, why is somebody being so audacious to offer unsolicited advice? Well, I'm not just an observer, but I am a Scrantonian. This is my hometown. And she talks, I get very emotional talking about it because she talks about growing up on the streets of Dunmore and Scranton and how she has watched us from afar and cheered for us when we've done well and felt sorrow for us when we weren't and you know how much her hometown means to her. So we have that letter and it's super special to us. And we love that it, it's now time to revisit the early part of her life and make those connections back to the city where she started. And she learned, you know, what it really meant to be a part of a wonderful community that we all, communities that we have here. And you have taken it to the streets, (laughs) haven't you? You're taking (laughs) us to the streets to make those connections. Yeah, we have. I think you and I spoke two years ago, and we were just, you know, we were in the pandemic, and we were just getting our footing. I was new to the Center for the Living City as a director, and we thought, Let's find a way to introduce Jane to her city. So at that time, there was a book that had just come out written by Glenna Lang, Jane Jacobs' First City, Scranton, which is a great book about Jane's life growing up here that had just been released. And then May 4th is her birthday. So May 4th is Jane Jacobs' day around the world. And people host these community-led walks that just walk around the communities and neighborhoods and talk about their cities. So it's Jane Jacobs' birthday, Jane Jacobs' day. The book was coming out. We thought, let's do something to introduce Jane back to her hometown. So what we did was we launched a festival called Observe. And our Observe Festival is identified by really large black glasses because Jane, in every image, has her glasses on. And we thought the glasses were great because the glasses mean it's a way of looking at your community. And we often say it's not looking at your neighborhood. But it's looking with, it's looking with curiosity, it's about looking with empathy, with enthusiasm, it's about looking with, through those glasses, through those eyes, through your eyes, through my eyes, how we all see our cities and how we all see our communities. The glasses mean a whole lot more than that this is just Jane who did wear those iconic black glasses, but we've sort of branded it as what we see. And so we launched the festival two years ago introduced Jane to her city, and what we did is we took over empty buildings all around downtown Scranton, 
and we occupied them with exhibits from students' work from the University of Scranton and Marywood University School of Architecture, observations about cities. And what we did, we took over those abandoned buildings around the city, and we celebrated on her birthday everything that she would love. She would love to talk about the environment and issues of global settlements around the world. She would love to talk, see the life and the vibrancy of the city. And and uh, we celebrated all of the issues that were so important to her. So it was such an amazing success that we thought we'll bring it back again. And because it was tons of work, we're going to do it every second year. So we did it. With, this is our, our biannual. We're bringing it back again this year. And it's great because we're out of COVID, so we're all in person. And we have all of our exhibits set up again. And we're ready to go. So on May 4th of 2023, we'll be hosting another Observe event in honor of Jane Jacobs. This time... We will be located at Lace Village, which was formerly the Scranton Lace Works Manufacturing Company in Scranton, and that's where we're going to be setting up. Tell us some of the things that we can take part in. Again, you can visit observescranton.org, and that's a website. And when you hit that website, it's going to open up a whole bunch of stuff that happens on the 4th, which is Jane Jacobs Day as well in the city of Scranton, by the way, now and forever. We did that proclamation two years ago. So that starts off some activities on the 4th, and then on the, on the 5th, on May 5th, is our first Friday in the City of Scranton Observed Festival exhibit. And that's where we invite the public between 5 and 8 p.m. to come over to the old Scranton Lace Factory, and we will have 10 to 12 exhibits curated throughout the facility. It's all free. It's all open to the public and walking. And the reason we're really excited about choosing Scranton Lace as our home base this year is because it's going through its own renaissance right now. It's coming back. And it is a beautiful example of what Jane would love in that the Scranton Lace Works family, the folks that ran it, were very, very, very good to their employees. They were so far ahead of their time. hundred years ago, they had... Um, men and women's hair salons in their facility. They had child care. They had a bowling alley. We've heard of a basketball court, a gym for exercise. I mean, who did that for their employees back then? We're just finally catching on that that's a great thing to do for our employees now. And they did it that long ago. And they also, um, the new developers of Scranton Lace are also doing mixed use. So they're going to have things like hair salons and restaurants and dog parks and things like that in this village and all different levels of income for people to live there and work there and there'll be event space. So it's truly a mixed-use village that they're reinventing and it's so in line with the way Jane saw things and, you know, the way we love to look at our, you know, our cities. I like the things that the places we love to, to visit, like New Hope and Maniunk, where you have working, you know, activity downstairs, you live upstairs, you can walk everywhere. That kind of vibe is coming back to Scranton Lace. So we're there to celebrate that. And um, we're lucky to be, they, they open the doors for us because it's really an active construction site currently. And they're starting to take in tenants now and they're going to be up and running in a few months. You work with students at Marywood in the architecture program. I would think that young people now who are idealistic and wanting to do work that does respect the environment and and has Mm -hmm. these values. So she must really be an icon in that sense. Truly. And I mean, so much so that we've opened up something that we're super excited about at Marywood University. It's called our Living City Lab, our lab for laboratory. So again, it's modeled after the concept of Jane Jacobs in a living city, and we call it a living city lab. And at our lab, 
what we're doing is such interesting work. We're starting to collaborate in a way that is right up with Jane with just blog. So, for example, we're crisscrossing all majors. So we're having architecture majors work with, you know, our aviation our pilots and our business folks and our nursing. And, and we're coming together in this lab and we're working on projects in our community that can make a difference and, that could, and the students are learning while they're doing that. But it's true cross-disciplinary work. So, for example, you might have a philosophy major at Marywood who's also getting, you know, maybe doing some work on solar energy. Or maybe you got, you know, a nurse who's building a house. So it's so cool because we're starting to just really integrate the disciplines and our faculty are all starting to work together. So you're not in silos anymore. And education shouldn't really be siloed. And these students love this sort of diverse, experiential sort of opportunities that they get by taking on these these projects that are even just outside of the classroom. So we're doing lots of stuff like that within our Center for the Living City Lab, and we're even crisscrossing with the local universities. We're working together with Lackawanna College and Johnson College, the University of Scranton, and, and Penn State Scranton, too. We're coming together, and we're trying to provide students with a really interesting, broad-based range of opportunities. And I think it's just something that Jane would love to see. And, yeah, we have our glasses all over the school, and we have our T-shirts with our glasses on them, and the students even name projects after Jane. So we just recently competed with the United States Department of Energy for a solar decathlon project. We're building a house on our campus that's 100% sustainable. It's actually a house for the Girl Scouts at Camp Archibald. Jane was a Girl Scout as well at Camp Archibald. Anyway, we're building this houseboat, and the students are all helping out, and that's where they're coming together and working, like all the different disciplines. And we're calling it Glacier Jane because it's a houseboat on a glacier lake. And we also did another project last year where we did electric, um, an energy project, and we called it Electric Jane <laughs> with the United States Department of Energy. So we won first place with Electric Jane, and we just took second place with Glacier Jane. So we're really excited about it. The students just love it, and they, they learn about her life and legacy, and they, they just think she's, she was a, a legend. And, not, and then we walk over to her house because her house is right near Mary Woods campus. So it all kind of comes full circle. But the other thing about students that I often say and often talk about our students, I guess very emotional because they get it. You know, this new generation really does understand the value of our planet. Jane Jacobs was, was growing gardens on her roof in Canada 50 years ago. You know, she, she knew. She understood environmental issues. And so now we're talking about hydroponic gardening. And, and these students just connect with it. They, they love old places. They love old buildings. They love being And I think it's because... I often say, I don't know, it's my, I wonder, in this world where we're so detached from each other because we're always on our screens, that maybe when you go out into a, a, a place and you feel the history and you feel the sense of pride of the community or you look at a, the scars on a brick wall and you somehow feel connected in a way that I think we were longing for right now in our world. So this, this generation is just really inspiring to me. The students just love to value the past. And with an eye towards the future, they really care about the planet in a way that, that's, that's meaningful, that maybe even my generation didn't get to the point where we needed to be. Tell us about the Adirondack chairs. Yes. So at our Living City Lab, we've taken up residency in our, our studio art building, which is the Interlaco Studio Arts Building. And one of the first initiatives that we did is we raised money for multicolored, all different colors, of Adirondack chairs that we could 
set out front of the art building, and we set them out on purpose this way, Erica. We put them in one straight line, and we mixed the colors, and we put these, I think there's almost 40 different colored, multicolored Adirondack chairs, and we left them there on purpose because the first sunny day, we wanted to see those chairs somehow be picked up and relocated all over our art fields, right through the sun, and in clusters of two and four and six, and then impromptu gatherings and groups, and it just worked out beautifully. You see, it, you see an instructor out there standing with a cluster of 12 students sitting in the chairs teaching a class, or you'll see a couple of them doing their homework out in the sun. And so now that straight line is just scattered all over the art field, and it's just the best. We love it. We love to see the chairs moving around because they're for the students. It's organic, and it's meant for them, and it's meant for them to take them where they need them and, and use them. It's, it's just it's a perfect representation of what it means to, to these a designed for people by people. That's a Jane Jacobs statement right there. And so the chairs were meant as a gift to the campus, and we just love seeing them being used and moved around. It's just so joyful. Maria McDonald, Executive Director of the Center for the Living City, speaking with us about Scranton native Jane Jacobs and the celebration of her 107th birthday in the second biennial Observe Scranton, Jane Jacobs' first city festival. And this is a project of the Center for the Living City, and it will take place this May 4th and 5th. The day begins with the flag raising and kickoff in the morning on May 4th at Scranton City Hall, and then the day unfolds with various events including a Zoom conversation with Everald Colas, who is a distinguished Haitian-born architect, and the topic, the placemaking of the city of St. Pete, from a bench to home to home plate. And that's the Marywood School of Architecture Shields Building. There'll be more information about this on the website. May 5th, 10 a.m., Jane Jacobs Walk, Center Street, a living alley, And then, as we heard from Maria, the exhibits at the Lace Village, Historic Lace Village, Mylert Avenue, 5 to 8 on Friday, and that's coinciding with the first Friday celebrations in downtown Scranton. For more information about all of these events and more, on the web, observescranton.org, observescranton.org. Observe Scranton, Jane Jacobs' First City Festival, a project of the Center for the Living City, May 4th and 5th. And the website, observescranton.org, for more information about Jane Jacobs and the Center for the Living City, you can go to their website, which is centerforlivingcity.org, centerforthelivingcity.org. ¶¶ 